0: good morning welcome I have a couple of announcements this is uh, library day for the children we just follow Beth and uh, Patsy I guess will be the ones to be taken also a reminder for mans that today 4 30 we begin our class at the so in the social hall uh, and also is Cindy Cindy yes Cindy come up here Cindy ha- Davis has an announcement so we will need the um, lectern mic turned on.
1: Good morning. I hope most of you have already seen the announcements or you're aware that um, we're going to be doing a youth talent show at the supper at 6 in May. Um, We're going to try a talent preview night on Monday, March the 10th, so that I can see how many of our youth we have who are interested and what kind of range of talents we have so we know how to showcase them the best. So if you are in middle or high school and you are interested, I'd love for you to come out on Monday the 10th. Um, if you have a middle or high schooler in your home or if you just know someone in middle or high school, please send them my way. Um, if you have a talent that's not singing, maybe it's dancing or an instrument, we still would love to have you, so please come on out. And if you're interested in joining the youth choir but maybe a talent show is not quite your thing, let me know that to you because I'd love to know what kind of crowd I'm going to have in the fall when we really kick off our choir. Thanks. Thank you.
0: With you. And also with you let us pray together, God of glory and mercy. Before his death, your son went to the mountaintop, and you revealed his life in glory, proclaiming him your son. Help us face evil with courage, knowing that all things, even death, are subject to your transforming power. We ask this through Christ our Lord,
2: Amen.
3: i so-
0: You see, to let our children come forward for our children's time.
2: Good morning. I like the purple. What are we thankful for this morning? First, we thankful for anything this morning.
1: We're
3: thankful that we can come to church.
2: Yes, we are very thankful, and me, I am thankful that I have technology on my side. Um, but I've got a question for you this morning. What do you think about what do you two girls think about when you see a heart? Think about love. Well, who do you love? Jesus, who else? Mom and dad, who else do we love? Yes. Do we love our friends? Okay. Well, thinking of that, do we love our enemies? Yes, we should love our enemies. And that's what I'm going to talk about today on. In Matthew, Jesus was preaching on a hillside in what is now called the Sermon on the Mount. And he had some uh, wild things to say to the people there that day. He said that not only should we love our friends, but we should also love our enemies. And not only love our enemies, but we should pray for our enemies. Is it hard to do that? Do you ever have someone maybe push you at school or or say uh, mean things to you? Is it hard to show them love? Well, why should we show them love? Well, God says if we show them love, it is showing them that we are children of God. And it's also demonstrating good leadership. It's demonstrating a good act to follow. Um, So what I want you all to take from today is that it is really hard to love our enemies. But we should pray for them. And we should love all people, right? It's easy to love our friends and our family. But we should want to love everyone and as the preacher talks today out of romans god has blessed us with special gifts and abilities and if god has best blessed us with special gifts and abilities we should want to show those to all people right not just our friends and family all right will you pray with me lord thank you for this wonderful day lord sometimes it is very easy to just love our friends and our family help us to love all people even the ones that are mean to us or, or say ugly things to us, Father. Help us to pray for those in need. Help us to always act like children of God. Help us to go out these, these four walls today and have a great week and show your light and love for this world. And we ask all these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
3: The scripture for today is Psalm 119, 1 through 8. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees then I would not be put to shame. When I consider all your commands, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God.
0: Let us bow our heads. O oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. O oh God, we the people whom you have called to be your own, we come before you this day with songs of praise and thanksgiving. We are reminded of your promise of salvation and how you've given us a way to walk towards that. And we do seek this day, O oh Lord, your face and we seek to praise you and to walk in your ways. We're also reminded this day that we know that ultimately this hope we have rests on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And it's you that unless our life is built on that solid rock, it will fall. And yet we must confess this day that we rely too much on our own understanding. Uh, We too often seek to follow our own way rather than abiding in your will. And we let the world's wisdom and not your righteousness guide us. And when we have done that, we have ignored the Spirit. And so we ask for forgiveness, O God, this day. Send us a fresh blowing of your Holy Spirit that we may show forth uh, your mercy. Help us to be the ones who call those in darkness into the light and help us this day to feed those who are hungry. Whether it's hunger from pain or, or necessities or for those who have pain from dying or mourning We pray, O God, that you'd receive into your care all those that we've named on our prayer list and those that we name in our hearts now. Receive them. You know what is needed. Hold them in the palm of your hand. Keep us all in your care and help us to accept your good and perfect will. For we ask these things in the name of the one who showed us the way. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time. Our seated. Our lesson today is from the, uh, Paul's book to the Roman church, beginning at chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you this again this day for allowing us the great honor and privilege to be present to you in worship. And we pray that your spirit that's with us will guide us now as we seek to understand. We pray in your name. Amen. I promise I won't always open with a joke. Okay but I got a joke I have got to tell you. Have you ever heard about the chicken and the pig who encountered a hungry man beside the road? Moved with compassion, the chicken said to the pig, why don't you and I go together and give this man a great ham and eggs breakfast? The pig pondered the proposition for a moment and then he replied, for you that would be a contribution. But for me, that would mean total commitment. Friends, this is what I want to talk to you about today. is not contributing, but being committed totally to Christ's Holy Church. Every one of us have had membership vows. We might have taken them when we were confirmed. Uh, we might not remember that. That was a long time ago for most of us. Uh, we might have taken them when we were transferred here from a different denomination in the consultation with the pastor at that time. But our membership vows are most of the time forgotten a lot by most of us. And so I want to remind you of them. And I want to talk about them just briefly. They are our prayers, our presence, you know, being here present, our gifts, our financial gifts, witness and service to the work of God through Christ Holy Church. How many of you have ever heard of the old hymn that goes something like this? It's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. You see, prayer is what drives all the rest. That's why it's first as a membership vow. It's a, it's a vow that we take because it's, it, everything else flows from prayer. And it's not just to pray for me or the church or yourself, but to pray for others and for our society and our world. We are here today, I believe, as a result of prayer. Somebody prayed, and you're here because you were prayed over somewhere. It might have been while you was a child, but those prayers have resulted in your presence before Christ Jesus. And I hope we'll be here tomorrow through the power of continued prayer. I believe that no person can reach their full potential without the power of prayer. And great leaders of the Bible were people of prayer. Abraham, he prayed for Sodom. Moses prayed for the children of Israel. Joshua prayed for guidance. Hannah prayed for a child. Solomon prayed for wisdom. Joseph prayed for understanding. Peter prayed for a vision. They were people of prayer all through the Old Testament and New Testament. We cannot do what we are called to do unless we are people of prayer. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for the church. We need to pray for those outside the church. And our prayers should abound through every means possible. And it shouldn't just wait uh, for prayer time. Uh, you know, we have ways now of communicating instantaneously in so many different ways. If you're on Facebook, put the prayer request on there. If you have email, send a prayer request when you need it. Send it to every friend that you have, uh, every contact that you have. Uh, Send it to other people you know in other churches. There's great power in prayer. Uh, We cannot do what we need to do as people of God without an emphasis, and I believe a stronger emphasis, on prayer. We need to pray, as I said, for the church. I think it's a great privilege that we're able to be part of the church. You know, Jesus promised that the church would survive to the last days, to the end of time, and that he would be with us. But someday that will come, the end of time. I believe the prayers of the faithful people help uphold God's grace on earth, helps hold back that day when God's grace will be removed. You know, without prayer, you're likely to stumble. And the last thing we want to do is stumble through life. So let us seek God's wisdom. Let us seek His will. Let us become people of prayer. And don't, don't think you can't get a prayer request immediately. Nowadays you can. You can call the office, you can send an email, you can call someone on the prayer team. You can put it on Facebook. Uh, and there's just so many different ways. And it's amazing to me when people have a real need and they do that, the outpouring of prayer, and I get to see it over and over and over, how that prayer changed situations. That's that's first and foremost of our membership vows is prayer. We have to be constantly be people of prayer. Now, the second part of that is presence, being present. One of my favorite church members of all time was a little a uh, short fella who was a retired insurance agent. He could not hear very well, he could not see very well, and he had to hitch a ride to church. And someone asked him one day, why do you bother to come to church? You can't see, you can't hear, you, you have to hitch a ride to, to come to church. Why do you bother to come? With a twinkle, twinkle in his eye, he said, on Sunday, I want my neighbors to know whose side I'm on. And I think that's a good way of looking at it. A commitment of presence creates an island of certainty in your life. Amidst a life that's full of change. To me, this coming to worship, if I didn't have this touchstone of worship every week, I I just don't know how I'd make it through the week. We need to also remember that we're all part of a family. We're all part of this church family. And if you've told each other that, hey, I'm going to be there for you, but then you don't see them ever, okay, because they're not in church, which is where you're going to see them the most, then how can you believe their promise? We need to know that people who promise to be with us are really going to be with us. Families, churches, countries depend on such agreements and accords folks we should not be like butterflies flaring here and there in search of the latest fad the latest nectar we are human beings we are very capable of making a promise and keeping that promise and that's what we've done when we promised to uphold Christ's church so as God's people we need to keep our promises Christ's church Jesus Christ deserves our presence to him and now let me say something else. If all you're doing is just coming to church, you're missing out a whole lot of blessings. You need to be part of a small group. Bible study, Sunday school, the women, the men, the choir, the youth, uh, the circles, uh, any group that meets outside of Sunday morning, you should be part of that because there's where you'll get to really know each other and you'll get to feel the presence of God through those contacts and you'll have people who you can depend on that will pray for you when you're in need. That's essential, I believe, as people of God. You know, our presence to someone, now think about that that way. Our presence in someone's life uh, in a time of tragedy is often the best gift we can give them. So why would we not want to give it to people when they're not in tragedy? Why would we not want to give it to God? The Holy Spirit's present with us as long as two or three are gathered. So the Holy Spirit's going to be here. Will you be here? You know, we're getting ready to have Lent. And Lent is the time of examination before the last week of Jesus' life. It's a lead up, of course, to Palm Sunday, Holy Thursday, and Easter Sunday. And during Lent, people are constantly saying, what are you going to give up for Lent? I'm going to give up chocolates. I'm going to give up this. What I want to challenge our two congregations to do is this. I want you to give up being absent from worship. I want you to give up any temptation that keeps you from worship. I want you to be in church every Sunday during the Lent and Holy Week. And I want you to be a faithful, present member at all times, but... I want you to be here and I want you to share this challenge with all those who are not here. Prayer's presence. Our gifts. Martin Luther once observed that there are three conversions necessary in every Christian's life. He said they include the conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the pocketbook. Cartoon strip. A few years ago, BC. Y'all remember BC, some of you? Prehistoric characters, they're talking. First picture shows the guy asking the other, he says, how much should I give to charity? The friend replies, I don't know. Give until it hurts. Second picture shows the guy tossing a coin into the basket. Third one, the friend says, man, you have a low threshold for pain. You see, understand I'm not knocking small gifts but friends, there's a difference between a tip and a tithe. And if through the weeks you're tipping more than you're tithing, you got your priorities wrong. Add it up one week. Just add it up. How much you tipped that week and then how much you gave to the church that week. You know, we think nothing of dropping sometimes $100 for a family of four on meals and Movies and things like that. Some of us are doing a great job on that. Some of us need to start. Friday night, I, if you're going to get accomplished somewhere, you have to start. That might be 1% or 2%, whatever. But you've got to make a conscious effort to move forward each year. Friday night, I spent uh, sleepovers, my grandson calls it, at, uh, at our grand's house. And... Um, our daughter and son-in-law at the uh, over in Rock Hill, and uh, she had just received a promotion, a raise, and a small bonus, and she is she was very happy, and we were very happy for her. And I said, "So when are you wanting to retire?" She said, "Oh, I want to retire early, Daddy. I don't have to be like you and Mom and work till you die. You know, I want I want to retire early." And I said, "Well." have you started saving you got to start you know how do you expect to get there if you don't start don't don't take that raise don't take that bonus put it in a savings you're already living right without it good advice i thought i still think it is and it's the same thing with giving to the church uh, we need the gifts to the church, and if you hadn't started, you need to start. Will you commit your prayers, your presence, and your financial gifts to Christ's holy church? That's the Christian. Now, as the scripture I just read said, we uh, are, uh, form one body uh, as in Christ. We who are many form one body. And, and God has given each one of us gifts most of the time, the gifts that we have that we use outside the church is the same gift that God wants you to use within the church. That is your gift. So if you're good, as he said in the Scriptures, with teaching, then you need to help in the church with teaching. If you're good with finances, you need to help with finances in the church. You need to use the gifts that God gives you to, to build up the church. And it's this diversity of gifts that make us One. Now, service. You can serve in many ways. No one has ever asked me to sing in the choir. (laughs) Some of y'all giggled when I said that. All my, in 20 years worth of being under appointment in this conference, no one has ever asked me to sing in the choir. Now, I'm not hurt about that because I know how I sing. They obviously do too. But some of you need to sing. Some of you need to be part of the men's group. All the men in this church, and we had a fellowship uh, Thursday night, and there was, what, nine people there, maybe? Of all the men in our church. Some of you need to be part of the women's circles. Some of you need to help with the ushering. Some of you need to count the money. Some of you need to teach the children. Some of you need to volunteer in the nursery. Some of you need to to greet people. Some of you need to be involved in missions. Uh, Daryl Rishforth's our new mission chair, and and along with several others that are helping him, they are coming up with all kinds of ideas for missions, but we've got to have people who participate in them. All these areas of service are critical to a church and for the operation of this. Listen, it's not about Memorial Methodist Church. It's bigger than that. It's about Christ Church. This outpost of Christ Church here in Greer. So I asked you today, will you commit your God-given gifts to service and build up the kingdom of God? Will you renew the faithfulness of commitment, especially during this season we're going to enter beginning next Sunday with Transfiguration of the Lord Communion, then Ash Wednesday, then the five Sundays of Lent, and then Palm Sunday, Holy Thursday Easter is the most high holy time as a Christian. Will you commit to your membership vows during this time? I want us to renew our commitment to our vows of prayer of being present, of financial gifts, of service. And when we do those things, you know what? We will be witnessing. That's the last one, is witness. You will be witnessing your faith through all those things. And then you will be able to witness your faith better outside of this place. So that when you are in your places of school and business and recreation, people will notice that you're different. And then they'll ask you, what is it about you? Why are you different? Why do you think differently? And that gives you the opening to simply say the love of God is found in Jesus Christ. That's how you answer it. Now if they want to hear more, you can tell them more. If they want to know more, invite them to church. It's simple. It's simple. The world needs the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ more than ever. And it seems to me like the majority of our churches are doing a poor job of sharing the love of god friends i want you to recite something with me now i know you don't usually do this but we're going to do it i want you to say these words after me i am only one but still i am one i cannot do everything But still, I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something I can do. Personal commitment. Personal commitment. Not to Joseph, not to Memorial but to Christ, Jesus, Holy Church. That's why we come together every week. And sometimes we know, we just kind of forget that's what we're here for. It's something otherworldly. It's something beyond us. But God is with us. Start praying. Amen. still. Receive now the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the almighty, eternal, triune God, one God, now and forevermore.